You're listening to CX Passport, the show about creating great customer experiences with a dash of travel talk. Each episode, we'll talk with our guests about great CX, travel, and just like the best journeys, explore new directions we never anticipated. I'm your host, Rick Denton. I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Let's get going. I grew up in Austin, Texas, USA. For those that haven't been, it is a unique place in Texas. Rolling hills, beautiful trees, wonderful lakes. Not what most have in their mind when they visualize Texas. Before I got my driver's license, I would hop on my bike on a Saturday morning and ride all over the city, often not returning until the evening. The chance to discover new corners of my hometown, the freedom of having the ability to go anywhere that my legs and stamina could take me, that was the true love of cycling. That's one of the many reasons I'm excited to talk with today's guest, April Obersteller, Director of Global Experience of Womb, coming to us today from Austin, Texas. I get to combine my everlasting love for my hometown with a reminder of the wonderful delight cycling brought to me there. By the way, I said Director of Global Experience. That's a global experience for both employee experience and customer experience. It's built right into her title. I love seeing those two worlds united under one leader. There's a quote from April's LinkedIn profile. I am obsessed with the customer and employee experience and believe you will see positive business results by investing in people and their full journey. This hits right at the heart of how I think customer experience is at the root of business success too. I always value getting the chance to talk with someone who knows that customer experience and employee experience isn't just unicorns and rainbows, it's tangible business success. I heard about Womb through their customer experience entry in a recent North American customer centricity competition. The heart for the customer and the real passion for why they do what they do came out loud and clear. And yeah, I know passion is an overused word, but you'll hear it come through sincerely when you learn more about April's experience and vision and the overall Womb story. April's role today comes after driving customer experience at a widely loved brand Yeti and event hospitality experience before that. We're going to hear more about how that career path influences her today at Womb. Womb is a multinational company, which is always a delight to this podcast host's heart, given the word passport is built right into the name. It'll be fun to hear April describe the challenges and joys of working with a global employee and customer base. April, welcome to CX Passport. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It is going to be fun. And yes, I am talking with April from the Central Texas region today. She's making me jealous because I can't be there, but she's there and it's so <laughs> awesome. April, I mentioned and alluded to cycling and the womb name in the intro, but purposely didn't explain why. I wanted the listeners to hear it directly from you. Would you start off by telling me just a little bit about what womb does? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So I think in you know a very practical sense, right, womb um, designs and creates and builds and delivers these amazing children's bikes. Um, if you ask anyone inside of womb, we would also say that we sell smiles, not just Aww. bikes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's very much, I mean, we get to see it day in and day out. So, um, these incredible products we get to bring to our customers and to the world is really that vehicle to deliver this incredible experience. Oh my gosh. I feel like, of course, we're not going to end the podcast there, but I just love the idea of ending on <laughs> We Sell Smiles. I've never heard that. That's really, really neat. And so one of the things when you and I were talking about early on, 
And I know that I've talked with startups and when I'm talking to them about customer experience, I'll hear this phrase, you know, Rick, it's so important. We just can't focus on it right now. We're focused on growth. We're focused on product development, acquisition, or just anything else. We'll get to that CX stuff eventually. You know, in talking to you earlier, you have a much different view. You shared with me that Womb had that similar focus on customer experience from the beginning as well. How did, how did you know that was true at Womb? And why should customer experience be foremost in the minds of an early startup? Yeah, you know, I think I obviously I'm very aligned in regards to I think it, can, it should be prioritized, not just prioritized because other things are important. It's just if you can really place it at the center from the get go, um, every strategy, every initiative, every focus, it always has that connection to the people you're serving. And so I think there's a lot of power and um, a lot of impact that comes from it. And, and so that's essentially, you know, when I was approached about this opportunity at Womb, um, you know, I did my, I did my due diligence looking at um, kind of checking out those YouTube videos, checking out articles, and really was trying to understand the values of Womb. And right smack dab in there, the keys to success, um, it was, um, it was delivering an amazing customer experience. And so I knew if it was, if it was important enough to put into what everything they go by, it was important to them. Um, and then of course it was, it took about 10 seconds to hear it directly from the founder. Okay. And that was, I mean, it, you know, he described how he started, um, you know, how he started Womb what was important to him. And it was that beautiful story of the customer service line was his cell phone number. And he, you know, has memories of him mowing his lawn on a Saturday and then answering that phone call and stopping what he was doing to take care of the customer. And it was so important to him when he was talking to me that that continued. Mm -hmm. And that, so it wasn't about, making it important or changing strategy to put the customer at the center. It literally was in the founder's, you know, mind and his actions. And he wanted to see that carried out as the company grew. I love that story. The idea of, okay, I'm just mowing along. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and suddenly the phone rings first. I mean, you could have just said the story could have been, Hey, the customer service line was the founder's mm-hmm. mobile number. But then to say, yeah, I'm here it is Saturday and I help restore that customer's relationship right there. So it was an important one, but there's all sorts of trade-offs associated with that, right? If, if you're, if, you can't not focus on product, you can't not focus on growth, but how is it that focusing on customer experience enables that? And, and, I'd almost want to ask why do other startups not do that, but let's not say that. Why, why has it been so important to Womb and how has it really kind of manifested Womb's success by focusing on customer experience so early? You know, I think, I think so much of the founders and, um, and really just how we operate today, we have a really deep belief in the word and. And so it's just from the start, it was never a choice. Okay. It was never going to, for us to accept quality or quantity, you know, and everything that we did, it was really pushing against the grain to enter the word and in it and make that a cornerstone. And so it's, it's not, should pro- products be prioritized or should we spend more time investing in these things? It's, it's and 
and it always will be. This is your captain speaking. I want to thank you for listening to CX Passport today. We've now reached our cruising altitude, so I'll turn that seatbelt sign off. While you're getting comfortable, hit that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. Love if you'd tell a friend about CX Passport, leave a review so others can discover the show as well. Now, sit back and enjoy the rest of the episode. It's very much anyone who has done improv classes, improv training, that's very (laughs) much the spirit of that, that you never say no, you always say yes and, and take that forward. So maybe your founders were coming out of the improv space, who knows, that may be another story that we can explore some other time. Take me into, like, I'm trying to visualize a meeting where there might actually be that that trade-off discussion that it's difficult. How do you make that prioritization decision with the customer experience, with the product? And I keep picking on product. It could be anything. How do you keep that customer at the focus when the classic story of a startup is there's just so much going on, so many pressures, so many stressors. How do you keep that customer right at the center? Yeah, I think it's, it's number one. I mean, I think it's really important to, you know, as you, as you grow your leadership team, I think that's a first of all, right? And typically, a typical structure, right, customer service or customer experience will live under a function, mm-hmm. um, whether it be sales, whether it be operations, right? And so that was a big deal whenever they said, okay, what is the structure of just our core leadership team? Um, and having someone that represented just the customer or just, and we look at customers as internal and external, which, you know, we could talk about soon, but who is representing the human in the room. There is never a discussion. There is never um, a task force that does not intentionally having someone representing the human experience. And just that alone allows us to hold each other accountable for it. And if for some reason a meeting happens where we're not in there or where that's not represented in some form or fashion, um, it allows us to say, hey, we're not complete. And, um, and we know the output won't be complete just because of that as well. Oh, man, I really love this. We need to stop talking about the Amazon cliche empty chair for the customer story. We need to talk about the womb that, that you've got the yeah. human represented <laughs> in the room. Let's, let's, let's update our storytelling and let's talk about the womb one here. So we're talking about customer experience and, and that aspect of it. But I mentioned this in the, the title that you've got this global experience, folks, and you even said the word human mm-hmm. there. And guess mm-hmm. who are a lot of the humans in the company, right? They're employees. Mm-hmm. And so plenty will talk about the fact that you can't deliver a better customer experience than what you provide in customer experience, uh, employee experience. But those words simply aren't enough. So why is that connection between employee and customer experience so important for you, important enough to you that you knew that it had to be inside of one role? Hmm. I mean, I think I lived the journey. I mean, I'll say that, and you know, my uh, my past roles as well. I have I have seen what it looks like whenever there is there's just we aren't getting the right tools, we aren't creating the right space or the right experience for our team members. The direct impact it has on the customer, and there's so mm-hmm. many things, right, that that could be included in there. And um, it was in that journey that I realized and I just stopped and said, yes, it's important to focus on the customer. But if I do not take care of our people who are taking care of the customer, we're just going to lose. And we kept losing. We kept missing it. We kept, I mean, and it was so frustrating Mm -hmm. um, in this experience and building it out until we just stopped and we said, 
okay, it's okay if we actually turn off the phone line for a couple Ooh. hours. I know, I Ooh. know, which is not customer friendly. <laughs> I hear you. But it was in that moment where we needed to, the team needed us to, for yeah. us to recalibrate, right? So, so essentially it's been, it's been the life that I lived. And then I saw what happens afterwards. Mm. I see what happens when you're able to stop and be able to identify what your internal team needs in order for them to do the job that they want to do, which is serve the customer. Yeah. I mean, if you hire the right people, right. And um, they thrive in this, they want to, it frustrates them when they can't. And so after literally seeing that journey and then starting to do it on a very strategic way and okay. having it being built into it, then you start seeing the connections. I'm a tech, I'm a tech expert by nature. I love data um, and I love humans. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm your combo. In the same brain? Wow. I you know, got the left and the right going there. Okay. But, but, you know, able to connect it, see how that, you know, your engagement score connects to your, your CSAT and your contacts per order. And to see that replicate over and over again, it not only made sense in the results, but also you're just creating this environment that people get to come and do what they want to do, which is serve the customer or to do. I mean, to, it's not just about that in customer, right? To create the product for the customer. It just goes hand in hand. Oh my gosh, I've got like four or five follow-up questions that I want to ask you. Let me try to center my, <laughs> my brain here for a second. I want to go back to that story, actually. Mm-hmm. So the the actual decision that we've come to the moment that we are going to shut off the phones. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. I mean, that's a really big deal, especially for, and depending on which brand you're talking about, you know, consumer products or whatever that is, right? That's a big, big deal. How did y'all get to that point? How did you make that decision that right now it is critical for the employee experience that we've got to make this this decision? You know, it's uh, I love that you can appreciate it because it is. If you see if you talk to someone not in the CX space, it's like, okay, you shut off the phones, but no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. It was a very big deal, and it was it was a no, no. I mean, it was very much. This is not what we do. And I think honestly, like everything, right? When you hit a certain escalation point, when we just can't quite crack the nut in regards to how do we solve this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I was also in a position where I didn't know how to solve it. I couldn't say, this is what we're going to do, A, B, C, D, E, da, da, da. It really was that moment of, I believe in this team. They are on the ground. They, I think they know how to do this. It's not me saying this is what we're going to do. It's how are we going to do this together? And that is literally what happened in that room with that phone off for a couple hours saying, okay, how do we get just one step further in this, right? When we were in a position where we had a lot of phone calls in the queue, we had a lot of emails in that email queue, and they knew it. They just started saying, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can rotate teams here. Maybe we can... It was just, it'll always be a milestone in my career to be able to look back on that and saying, number one, we're in it together. Mm-hmm. And again, if you create the space for ideas, for creativity, for innovation on how to solve what might seem like an unsolvable problem, um, you can do it. I mean, oh. you have to create the space though. Man, again, now you're taking me in uh, to others, uh, the, the idea of creating that safe space, creating the ability and the time and just the, uh, the, the, the 
ability to even just simply think, and it's amazing what we unlocked there. We've got a whole nother podcast that we could go down that path. <laughs> there was one other thing you said in there, though, well, actually several, but one that I want to key off of. And you talked about being able to tie some of these employee experience metrics to business metrics. And I alluded to that earlier, right? That it's not unicorns and rainbows. This is real business success. How did you go about doing that? Because I think that's one of the big challenges in customer experience and employee experience is finding out how do I tie that to business results? How'd you do it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, number one, again, talk about space, right? I was given this space to, um, to experiment a little bit, say, I think this connects here. You know, I, I'll go back to that engagement survey, right? I think this engagement survey will connect potentially with CSAT, but not just the customer satisfaction. Um, it's great if you're giving that satisfaction, but maybe you have, you know, a 200% contact per order and that's not a great customer experience. You know? <laughs> right. And so it's also connecting that. Are we making, are we doing this in a way that is, you know, operational efficient? And um, so it had to be both of those things. And then we just started tracking and um, and that is what we see, right? Whenever we are we are at that higher level of engagement, higher level of do they feel equipped? You know, having those kind of surveys as well. Do you have the tools that you need? Mm-hmm. And then you literally see it in the result. And we've seen it when it's not when it goes goes lower. We're uh-huh. able to pinpoint. So it's just a matter of mapping out what do we think connects, and then trying it and figuring out those trends. And gosh darn it, we did. And we're able to keep that crazy high CSAT, I mean, which is averaging 98, 99%. And then month over month, been able to, you know, we're a startup to scale up. So um, that CPO is a big deal, right? How are we doing this in a way that's not this crazy operational spend and we're not growing our service the same level as we're growing our sales? Right. And we've seen the opposite. It's reducing and reducing and reducing. And that's knowing that we're on the right track there. You keep saying these things that keep making me want to ask you more questions. (laughs) But I won't ask a question, but I will emphasize a point that you said there. And it was the idea of, well, we just kept tracking it and we kept monitoring it and we kept doing something about it, right? That's uh, a lot of times there can be this energy around, okay, let's let's look at this thing. And then we get all excited about it. And then we move on to the next thing over here and move on to the next thing. You actually have described, no, there was a sustained disciplined approach and a focus on employee experience because of the belief that it would impact customer experience because that would impact business business results. And that sustained approach to it is something that I really heard coming out of that. Now, let, let's get a tactical, right? Because the you, you can have a heart for the employees, you can talk about those kind of things. And people talk about investing in employees. And for some, that's pool tables and lunches, although we're seeing less and less of that, right? But that's just one of those phrases, investing in employees. What is what is investing in an employee to then create a great employee experience? What does that mean to you? Mm. You know, I, we talk a lot, um, it's meeting our customers where they're at. And okay. in order for us to meet them where they're at, we have to know where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, that was one of the top priorities. Um, our voice of customer program, again, it serves both our external and our internal. It's the same person leading it for a very specific reason for that. Um, okay. So we were able to, you know, not just through a survey, it's talking with them. Um, there's always open, you know, pipeline where they can say, hey, what about this? So we're trying really hard to understand what our people need, um, what our people want, what are their non-negotiables, what would they like to see more, right? We're really intentional asking all of that. And then 
we do that. <laughs> we, that is that is our strategy. <laughs> I know, you know, and, and if 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 we try something and we've done that, we're like, oh, this would be so cool if we did this. And turns out, no, they actually that's not something that they desired. Yeah. Um, even though we thought it was a cool idea. Um and our people, one of the biggest things, you know, outside of um, you know, there was many different ways. How do you prefer to, you know, be recognized or shown recognition or appreciation? Mm-hmm. You know, it's things that came through in that. It was so simple and things that we totally overlooked, like, you know, just getting a handwritten thank you note. You yes. know, like and and our people love lunches, right? Pull tables lunches. They they just love being with each other and breaking bread. And so it's let's make sure we have a potluck or a movie night. Like it's just those things and it's that'll evolve and we yeah. just have to keep listening. And that's we'll build our strategy off of what they tell us. I want to offer you a little change of pace here. So yeah. let, let's, uh, you talked about it's nice to break bread together. It's nice to, you know, enjoy, not just do the work side of things. Well, the same thing is true when we're traveling, when we've got our passports out. It's nice to hit the first class lounge if we have access to it. And today we have access to the first class lounge. <laughs> so let's have a little fun here today. What is a dream travel location from your past? I, East Lemon Harris, 30 minutes away from Cancun. It's mm-hmm. very nice to me. <laughs> I had a friend who just went there. That's the one that's you have to take a ferry to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Just north of Cancun. Okay, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit more about that experience because it's it's a small island. Are there even cars on the island? What's the what's there's the scene cars. like? Okay, there's cars, but it's small. I think it's six miles all the way around. Okay, I mean, it is. I live in Wimberley, Texas, and so it's it's like the little small community outside of Austin. That's uh-huh. what Isla is, just on the water, and. It's just dreamy and it's friendly and it's beautiful and um, it's our it's our paradise. <laughs> and listeners, April and I are both talking to each other while we're both in Texas, just different regions of it. It's actually cold for us as Texans mm-hmm. here. It's in our 40s Fahrenheit, 50s Fahrenheit. And so dreams of Mexico and dreams of Elam O'Harris. Yes, I can see why yes. <laughs> that would be a very special place to you right now for sure. What is a dream travel location you've not been to yet? I'd really love to go to Maine and just Maine in the fall and experience it again, right? Texas, we don't get the the changing colors of the leaves. Um, leaves change but, colors. What does this mean? <laughs> so that's that's one place I'd like to go. It is. I had. Um... I had a couple projects up in New England, so I got to do some leaf peeping up there, mm. and it's certainly very nice. Acad- and so let's keep in the bike theme here for a second. Acadia okay. National Park is up in Maine, and it is a beautiful place to bike. So when you go to Maine, do your leaf peeping, but make sure you enjoy doing some biking there as well. I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> what is a favorite thing to eat? I mean, my husband cooks a very mean brisket. Again, we're from Texas, so... That is that smell. He will smell like brisket for three, four days. And that brings me a lot of joy as well. <laughs> so it's the meal and then the, the aroma for days. Yeah. So it, does he, have, does he have a smoker out back? Is that what's his way of going about doing it? He does. 
He sure does. He will stay up all night. And oh um, so I know also he'll be a little sleep deprived, but he's, <laughs> he's serious. He's also, he was born and raised in Texas. So excellent. he takes it pretty serious. <laughs> I like that. Now, I, I bet you I've got some listeners that are now pulling up their Google Maps. They're looking to see where Wimberley, Texas is, and they're just going to find some weekend and see if they can find, smell where the brisket is being could. smoked. <laughs> what on the other side, April? What's a thing your parents forced you to he- eat, but you hated as a kid? I honestly, I don't know if they forced me, but I grew up a lot around the smell of it, which I could not stand when I was a child and it was Brussels sprouts. Amen. Um, so, but weirdly it's one of my favorite foods now. Um, so funny how that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I have had too many guests. I'm going to say that now too many guests that hated Brussels sprouts. So they're my friends. And then they grew up to love it. And I just don't uh, understand. I don't understand for people. I can't identify with you. <laughs> can't identify you. Uh, what is one travel item, not including your phone, that you will not leave home without? Mm, my lip balm. I'm a lip balm girl. I have it strategically placed as well, just in case I forget it. There <laughs> it's in the purse. It's in the car. That's me. In the intro, I mentioned that your background has events and hospitality in it. And so how has that experience influenced how you approach customer experience in a consumer products company today? (laughs) You know, the majority of my time with events, it was around wedding coordinating. Um, And so, yep. yep. (laughs) There is an intense customer right there. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I spent just about 10 years. Um, and so well over a thousand weddings. Um, and I think I didn't even know it at the time. You know, we hosted three, four events during a weekend time period. Oof. And I would, it was so funny because on Thursdays, our first rehearsal day, that morning, I would be selling the venue to doing tours. And then I would hop into rehearsal and then I would coordinate the wedding the next day. But I would do the rehearsal of the next days in the morning. So I didn't even realize how much practice I was getting from having to quickly shift, recognize who I was, you know, serving at that time, right? And that bride was very different than this bride and this mother was very different than this mother and just having to exchange those hats, but never losing sight that it was that person's most important day. And I'm... I'm, that's one of my gifts and my talents to be able to bring calm in a storm and to be able to laser focus on who's right in front of me. Um, and so I am forever grateful of that because that's what I get to do. And, and also, I don't think it's impossible when we say, yeah, every person matters. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to talk to every person because I I got to live that for so long and I saw how important it was. I'm stumped a little bit as I think what that must have been like 10 years in that space with, and I, mm-hmm. I laughed and joked at the beginning of that's an intense customer, right? There's shows created about that customer and how intense that customer is. There's a phrase that it refers to that particular yeah. customer. Is there, I'm, I'm curious. It's okay if not, but I'm wondering, are there any stories that you have from that time where there was a particular relationship that was restored? And I use that particularly specifically, you didn't fix an issue, but you restored a relationship where something went awry, but by focusing on the customer, you're able to restore their relationship. I mean, I think many, quite honestly, and it was about 
right? A lot of times I think with weddings or just with anything, right? There's, there's a lot of noise and a lot of things seem really important in that moment that maybe aren't. And so it was being a partner and just grounding them of our why, why are we here? Right. Like what, and it it, it sounds, you know, it's bring in, I know who Simon Sinek was at that time. Right. But it was just grounding in why are we here? Mm -hmm. And um, that was so much a piece of those experiences of just that refocus, um, that restoration. And um, it was pretty cool when you saw it happen because the noise is real. It's always going to be there. So. <laughs> and so now I can say, like, with that story that you're describing and, and kind of calming, and so you're not just a event specialist and a hospitality leader, you are a therapist, you're everything that's there. I see how that applies into your customer experience, customer service, employee experience world, because mm-hmm. I imagine when someone's calling that has a concern about a womb bike, or there's an employee that's having a particularly rough moment, helping them do exactly what you described there, I imagine you channel those experiences from your events time. To be able to do that, a hundred percent. And it, and honestly, I'm surrounded by a team, you know, with, with my EX and my CX team that um, that's their gift as well. And so it's incredible to see that happen all the time. I mean, I'll hop into phone calls just because I, I just love I love hearing those. <laughs> um, no, I know you're like, come on, but it's I hear it all the time. And it's incredible what will happen when you just remind yourself or not remind yourself, but you remind the person, whoever you're engaging with, um, I got you. Yeah. And we're going to figure this out. And something could catastrophically be wrong, but um, I'm with you in it. And there's a lot of power that happens in that moment. Listeners, I know it's a an audio podcast, but if you could have seen the smile that went across April's entire face, not just her mouth, but her face when she was describing listening to those calls, that's the passion that I was describing earlier. She, it, it, this is sincere. This is not fluff or nutter. I can see that delight when she's able to go in there and, and have that conversation with a customer and, and just listen and be able. And what's the first thing that customer wants to, to know when you, when they have a problem? Well, they just want to be listened to. And I'm hearing that through and through. Uh, April, I'm looking at the clock and we're kind of coming close to the end of time here, which disappoints me because remember, I had seven other questions from before that I'm not going to be able to get to. But I want to go back to that global aspect of womb. I didn't mention it, but you know, you and I just talked before we hit record here that you just got back from Austria and that was a work trip, right? So womb is a global company with global employees and with global customers. How do you go about creating great employee and customer experience when you're dealing with that wide spectrum of a global employee and customer base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, for Womb, I, quite honestly, most of our our team is in Austria, okay. um, and so it's the first time that I've worked for a company where the majority of our team and our customers are in a country outside of the U.S. And so that alone, right, it was that shift of um, not only creating a structure, we're able to have that gut check of awareness, right. Who am I serving? How is my own biases? How is my own, my own, um, you know, maybe preferences and influencing this and influencing the direction that I'm giving. And so that was a big piece of it. I mean, really surrounding myself, right? Because the part of my job is to be able to help with that guidance, um, but making sure I have a team and um, that is, that can gut check me on that and just yeah. say, Hey, that might not work here or that our customers, you know, 
they don't they don't maybe like to you know have this over the top you know or those follow-up calls that would be weird right. to them right so i think that was a big piece of it is making sure that we had the right team in place that we are able to represent truly the customers again both internal and external that we're serving um and we've gotten it wrong you know and so it's also allowing space for that to say that didn't land and how did that happen in the first place and then again how do we change it um to make sure we're we're doing our job and serving the people we're supposed to be serving so it's a continuous effort i will say <laughs> I, and that that i can appreciate and that's the themes that i heard there again listen and act right you're yeah. listening and then you're doing something about it but it's uh, doubling and tripling down on that listen not it, understanding who you are and your experience that you're bringing to the situation may not be what that person experiences and their background is and that blend and understanding how that all weaves together in the great tapestry that would be a global company and a global customer base has to be fascinating and it's actually at the root of why i even do this global podcast so i'm mm -hmm. glad to have your perspective there april <laughs> uh if others wanted to learn more about womb or about you and your customer and employee perspective how can they learn more Absolutely. So, I mean, just womb, we're at womb bikes um, and that's our handle on all the beautiful platforms. And um, there's lots of cool things we put out, just not only womb, but just cycling in general and all the things that we connect that. Um, so definitely connect there. And then I'm most um, frequently on LinkedIn. And so uh -huh. just at April Overstellar, uh, you'll find me there. I try to not only share the beautiful things I'm learning, but also I'm bringing in what else I'm seeing in the CX and EX space. That's fantastic. April, I'll get all that in the show notes, listeners. So scroll down, click the links, and you'll be able to learn more about Womb and have a have a perspective and, and listen to what April has to say there on LinkedIn. April, it's been fantastic talking with you today. Love getting the global perspective. Love getting the employee perspective, the hospitality, all of that. I did mention that I'm going to be in Austin next week. So if I smell brisket, if I wander out to Wimberley, <laughs> I may be heading your way. But today, I thank you for being on CX Passport. It's been a, a great time having you on the show. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on CX Passport. Make sure to visit our website, cxpassport.com, where you can hit subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, you can check out the rest of the EX for CX website. If you're looking to get real about customer experience, EX for CX is available to help you increase revenue by starting to listen to your customers and create great experiences for every customer, every time. Thanks for listening to CX Passport and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Until next time, I'm Rick Denton, and I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Passport.